morning, everyone. I want you to turn your Bibles to the very center verse of your Bible. The very center verse of your Bible. So if you can find the most central place in Scripture, uh, if you can get there, please turn your Bibles to that point. Anybody there? The most central verse in the Bible. In the Bible, there is 31,102 verses. So if you can count over 15,551 verses, you'll land at the central verse. So just start counting at Genesis and work your way through, and wherever we get to 15,551, you'll be at the center verse. Or you could just turn to Psalms 103 and be there. Book of Psalms 103. Verse 1, Song of King David. King David, who was the second king in Israel, Israel's history as a nation. He wrote a majority of the Psalms. Other Psalms are written by Moses, by Solomon, by a lot of the other ones. Uh, but King David was one that had a song in his heart that he loved God. Psalms 103, verse 1. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. So if you would think about the most central text in Scripture, it would be this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. What if that was the central part of our life? What if God would allow that to be the central point, most point in our life? That he was showing us that there was a, a place that we needed to bless his name. That everything within us would be a blessing to God. As we lead towards Easter this year and we're going in that direction three weeks away that we're getting close to Easter, we're going to uh, start a new series because the whole year I've told you that we're going to be a series about mission. So multiple times throughout the year we're going to do a sermon series that has the word mission in the title. And this year we're going to start a sermon series entitled Intermission. It's going to be a, a, a sports uh, approach because the scripture is full of places where Paul talks about that you need to run a race and, and there's all kinds of places in scripture that sports are involved. But we're going to look at it from an intermission perspective that God wants us to uh, raise up our children in the admonition of the Lord. If you want to do anything as a parent or as an adult, teaching your kids the principles of God should be the most central. Amen? It should be the most important job in your life, more than your career, more than anything else, to make sure your children know who Jesus is. But today as we're looking at this verse, and it's a, a message entitled, Sick of Sickness. Is anybody out there sick of sickness? Yes. Tired of sickness? Yes. Sickness can be a lot of things, not just a, a illness or a flu or not just a common cold. A sickness can be cancer. It can be heart disease. It can be a lung disease. It can be a pulmonary disease. It's got all kinds of things 
that can be a disease, that can be a sickness in your life. And uh, this past Wednesday during our uh, Bible study, the I Believe Bible study, we talked about how that uh, God's word expresses that he wants to be the Lord that heals us. And Exodus tells us that he is the Lord that heals us. And if you break that word down into the Hebrew, it says that actually I'm the Lord, your physician. I'm your doctor. If God is our doctor, he can heal our sicknesses. Amen. Amen. If we will turn to him and lean into him and listen to him and learn from him, he can heal our disease. And as we looked through scripture all this past Wednesday, we looked at all these, these verses in scriptures, Isaiah 53, verse 5, that says that by his stripes we are healed. We are healed. And as, as we are healed, and then if you look in 1 Peter 2.24, it'll say that we were healed by the stripes of Jesus. That there's all kinds of scriptures that tells us that God wants to heal us. It's his desire to heal us. He don't get any pleasure out of seeing us in pain. He's not sitting up in heaven saying, man, I couldn't wait for them to get sick. Amen. And if you study uh, the, the sickness and disease and all those things, they all derive from the fall of mankind when Adam and Eve sinned. Amen. All sickness comes from the enemy. Some people say, well, God made me sick to teach me... Or God made me sick to teach me a lesson. I don't think God makes us sick. Amen? We can't say that God made me sick. No sickness can come from God because only good and perfect gifts come from Him. And if anybody claims that sickness is a good thing in your life, your theology's messed up. God gets no glory from your sickness. The only glory he can receive from your sickness is when he heals you. That brings glory to his name, that he's a healer. Amen. That people will know he is a God that heals us. It's not just a verse in scripture, but it's a reality of who God is in our life. If we're sick of sickness, it gets us to a point where the, if you're sick of sickness, you're tired of it. Everybody say, I'm sick and tired of sickness. There comes a point in your life, and we know from the New Testament, when Jesus was walking along the road one day, and, and this guy runs up to him and says, you've got to come and heal my daughter. You, I, ne I need you to come because she's laying on her deathbed. She's sick. <coughs> Everybody say, I'm sick of sickness. This dad was sick of sickness. Yes. And as he was telling Jesus, you've got to come and cure my daughter. I need you to come. You're the great physician. You're the God that heals. Come and heal my daughter. Amen. And the little daughter was laying there sick in her deathbed. And when Jesus was on, her way, on his way to go to this little girl, there's some woman that was in the crowd that was sick of sickness. This woman was so sick of sickness, she said, if I can do anything, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And as she was looking and leaning in, she wasn't allowed to be in the crowd. A woman that had an issue of blood was to be exiled from society. She wasn't allowed to be in the crowd. She wasn't allowed to be in public places. She was to be banished from the city. That's what Scripture says in Leviticus. She wasn't allowed to be there. But she was so sick of sickness, she said, I am not going to go by the rules of man and, and, and say that I'm just to be outside and, and I'm not good enough and I'm, I'm not able to get to Jesus because Jesus wants all to come unto him Amen. that are heavy laden. Come unto me. 
So as Jesus was going down this road, this woman got so sick of sickness that she ran up and she got down low and she touched the hem of his garment. And when she touched the hem of a garment, he stopped immediately like that. And he said, I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. But according to the Moses, the Levitical law, it says that if, if a, a person comes into contact with somebody with a disease or something's wrong with them, that you are made unclean. But you see, there's a difference when Jesus is around. A normal man would have been made unclean by the woman's issue of blood. But Jesus was there, and when she touched the hem of his garment, he should have been unclean. But he didn't say, I perceive that somebody's made me unclean. He said, I perceive that virtue has went out of me. God is more powerful than your sickness. Ain't you glad that God is more powerful than your sickness? I don't know what ailment you have in this place today, but whatever it is, I'm telling you, God is bigger than your problem. God is bigger than your issues. And if you get sick of sickness to the point of you'll say, I'm willing to go anywhere and reach out any direction. If I can come in contact with Jesus, I'm going to touch him. And as this happens, and Jesus is there communicating, he looks around at his disciples. He said, who touched me? And, and Peter and them spoke up and said, well, how do we know who touched you, Jesus? How do we know in a big crowd who touched you? There's people everywhere. Anybody could have touched you. Yeah. Ain't you glad that other people don't have to know? Yeah. They don't have to know what's going on with you? Amen. Ain't you glad you can have a personal relationship with Jesus? That it isn't anybody else's business what's going on? That you can come and touch him? And everybody else don't know what you needed. Jesus is powerful enough. To heal all your diseases. Bless the Lord. O oh my soul. And all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord. O oh my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. If we could ever get to the point of blessing God. What would we receive from him? The abundance of heaven. This woman touched him. Finally, when Jesus went to move on, she spoke up and she said, it was me. Me. He said, your faith has made you well. When's the last time you were healed by God? I'm sure this woman's testimony carried throughout all the region where she was. She had lived. That her life had been this woman with the issue of blood that was banished from society and she touched Jesus. It changed her life. Is your life a living testimony for the power of God? Are you sick of sickness to the point of where that when God heals you, that, that the healing that you receive will become a testimony bringing glory to God? See, we come to him when we're in pain. But do we stay with him when we're well? I've seen people that didn't have a job, that needed a job. Down and out, broke, busted, disgusted, they'll come to church. 
I really need God to move in my life. I need a job. I need this. I need that. And, and, and God will supply a need. I've witnessed it before at Raceland Church. If people come in, Ernie, you remember people would come in and sit down and just, just be on fire for God on the front row, screaming, hollering, shouting, glory to God. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. The minute they get the job, the minute God begins to move in their life and give them the abundance that they're desiring, they walk away from him. When God heals us, we shouldn't turn our back on him and say, well, I'm glad that's over. We ought to go around, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. We ought to be declaring, God healed me. God made me well. God made me new. He, he, he took what was broken in my life and made it fresh and new. This woman brought many people to Jesus, I'm sure. But there was a guy come from Jairus' house, and when, he was, when Jesus was standing there talking to this woman, a guy walked up and he said, there's no use of coming to, to Jairus' house now because the little girl is dead. She died. Can you imagine the, the, the pain and anguish that hit this, this dad's heart? Whenever he's sitting there and he heard that Jesus was talking to this woman, and what if she wouldn't have touched him? Can you imagine the questions begin to roll through your mind whenever your baby, you just find out, is dead because Jesus couldn't get there in time because somebody else stopped him? Does it ever seem like to you that somebody else gets in front of you in line? That it seems like they're the one getting all the blessing? And just more and more pain gets poured on your life and it's like, I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm to the point, of, I'm sick of being sick. I'm sick of my baby being sick. I'm sick of my life being in destruction. I'm, I'm sick of all this turmoil in my life. I'm sick of it. Jairus, what did he do? He, he, he said, well, there, there just, just ain't no sense of going anymore. Jesus, you waited too long. Jesus looks at him and said, well, we're going on. She's just sleeping. And as Jesus walks down and he continues on this road and he gets to this guy's house and he walks in and he goes upstairs and they've already got the mourners there. Can I tell you today that we're no different? The mourners, they were professionals in that day. People would hire mourners that would come in and wail and weep and just cry out and, and, and would beg and plead. They were professional mourners at a funeral. You hired them to come and cry for your funeral. Probably the way mine will be. Nobody's going to come and be crying at my funeral. They'll be like, man, I'm glad he's gone. Probably have to hire some. Wouldn't that be sad to have to hire mourners? If we think it don't happen today, go right here, down here to... Golden Living Center. Walk in there and ask them how many people they take out there down to Dickerson Funeral Home that doesn't have one person to show up at their funeral. Go ask them. How dare you? Go there and ask them. Say, has there ever been a time that you got somebody in here that don't have a pastor that you got to try to find somebody just even to preach their funeral? Happens every week. Every week, it's lonely. Jairus' daughter, dead. Jesus said, she's just sleeping. See, we look at death as the end. 
Jesus looks at death just a point of rest because we'll be in heaven why do we worry about dying so much Paul says to die is a great gain it's a great gain to die if I told you there's going to be a bus pull up out here in a little, little bit parking lot and say everybody gets on it and wants to die today you're going to get to go to heaven today be very few to go find one of the steps of the bus. And we're faith-filled people. Read, studied scripture. Everybody wants to go to heaven, they just don't want to go today. Darius. Jesus walks in that room, the professional mourners are there, all these other people around. Jesus says, get everybody out of this room. Get everybody out of this room. You either have faith or you have doubt. It's your two options. There's no middle ground. You either have faith or you have doubt. Jesus said, get them, get them all out of here. He stays in there with that little girl. When he gives to pray over this little girl, she rises up out of her bed. What if I could tell you today that there's too many people with doubt in your life? Sure. That when Jesus gets involved, it may seem like you're dead. It may seem like sickness has taken over. It may seem like all hope is lost. If you will get the doubters out of the room and let Jesus come in, it'll change your life. Are you sick of sickness? It's Jairus' house. He didn't have to allow that to happen. He said, no, this is my house. My baby's dead. You took too long. I'm going to put her in the ground. What are you going to do when Jesus comes in? Are you going to tell the delders to get out? Or are you going to let them hang around? There's enough negative in the world. Amen? There's enough negative in the world. When something positive comes in, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. What if that was central to our life? We'd be sick of sickness. We would understand that God is able and well able to heal us of all kinds of diseases. So go back to Psalms 103. Let's look at verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Said this Wednesday night up at the... Kentucky Heights, I don't know if Leslie said it or not. When you read this verse, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not of all his benefits. How many of you has benefits? It's your job. Yeah. Anybody got benefits on your job? Yeah. Who's got health care? Who's got health care at your job? I want you to raise your hand. Yeah. If you've got health care because somebody else is getting you health care. Awesome. Health care is about caring for your health. I loved it when I worked at Nelson Brothers up at the river. The new plant up in St. Paul. They come in and they swabbed your mouth to see if you smoked. Because if you smoked, you had to pay for part of your health care. You didn't smoke, they'd pay for it. They'd done a full physical on you. So if your BMI was too high, you paid part of your health care. They paid the other part. If you was underneath your BMI, they'd pay it all. 
They said, if you don't care about your health, why should we? Ouch. I was 0.5 of being in the range of being too heavy <laughs> to get my free insurance. I was happy when I stood up on the scale and it looked, and when they divided it out and done your, by your height and by your weight and all that, I was, I was 0.5 underneath. They said, you're 0.5 underneath. I was like, yeah. They said, but you're still obese. Thanks a lot. <laughs> it sounded good, but I'm still obese, really? That's a nice word for, I ain't going to say it. <laughs> it's all over the place in Scripture. I, I was reading uh, this morning, actually looking for the, the Bible says the F-A-T word a lot. So this health care, they said, if you don't care about your health, why should we? I began to think about that. If the best health care plan that we can ever have is God saying, I'm your physician, I'm your doctor, I'm your health care provider, I'm the one that takes care of you. If we don't take care of ourselves, can we blame him? I think it's from the fall of Adam. Our carnal nature. I think Paul talks about this, that our carnal nature will take over and, and we will do bad things and we'll do wrong things and, and we expect a different outcome because we think that what we're doing is okay. If you're sick of sickness, what are you going to do different than what you've always been doing to be sick? Sometimes it's on us. Amen? There's not very many amens in here. This is supposed to be one of them shouting messages. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. And whenever I start talking like this, you're like, oh no, why is he mentioning that? Because it's scriptural, I think. He gives us wisdom to know how to eat. And if you look back in Leviticus, he tells you not to eat, not to eat any pigs. He tells you what to eat and what not to eat. He tells you to eat, eat vegetables. I'm not real good at that, Ernie. If I'm sitting down, there's a big uh, plate, plate of salad or a pizza, I'm going to eat pizza. Anybody else guilty but me? I'm not picking salad. That's rabbit food. That's for some, let the rabbit eat that. I'm not doing it. But God tells us to eat healthy. Why? Because he cares about us. He's a good doctor. And we can go to a doctor. I was listening to a guy this week. He's, he's not a, a Christian. He's not a, a, a professing Christian that I know of. But he's standing there talking about his sister-in-law, how that the, it, she went to three different doctors. All three doctors told her the same thing. If you don't get out of your chair, if you don't get up and move, you're going to end up in a rest home or in a grave. The first two doctors, she said, he's being mean to me. That doctor's mean. I'm not going back there. I'll find me another one. And the third doctor she ends up going to told her the same thing. If you don't get out of your chair, if you don't move, if you don't get around, you're going to end up in bad shape. Worse than what you already are. So there's some parts of it that it falls back on us that God tells us the right things to do. Amen. Get out in the sunshine. Get you some whatever that is, vitamin C, D, E, F, G, I don't know. It's some kind of vitamin. Sunshine's good for you. Get you a big orange and eat that. It's healthy. Apple a day and keep the doctor away. Glory to God, get you an apple. Mom likes avocados. I don't even know what they are, but they look like green mush. I'm not eating those. 
Yuck. Sick of sickness. Sick enough to do what God tells us to do to become better. What if he's already given the power to you to overcome the sicknesses that you're facing? I love the testimony of Brother Greg Hall, the guy that goes up to our church at Kentucky Heights that went on the fast at the beginning of the year with us. By two weeks into the fast, he had dropped off all of his insulin. He didn't have to, he didn't have to worry about his sugar. He still checks it every day because his sugar doctor tells him to. But he don't, he don't have to take the medicine like he was. He was taking four shots a day. He was down to half a dose twice a day by the end of the 21-day fast by eating better. You know what he did at the end of the fast? We'll still go out and eat after Kentucky House Church. You know what Greg Hall does? Let's go somewhere out I can find something. He's still staying on the fast. It has been. It's three and a half months in. They still not have to worry about his insulin just by eating better. God gives us wisdom. What do we do with it? A lot of people expect God to heal them when they bring in sickness upon ourselves. I'm my own worst enemy. Nobody said amen. I'm my own worst enemy. I bring sickness upon myself. I love it that Pastor Dusty runs and, and goes out and, and, and runs and does things that he does to stay healthy. I, I'm not real good at running. But there's times that I find myself that I'll make myself walk. Sometimes I put work, I'll be there, and I'll be like, I'm going to go get something to eat. And I'll, I'll walk to the restaurant down the street just to be a little bit better, to be more active. Why? Because God gave me the ability to be able to walk, be able to run, be able to eat better. How many wants to take care of your health? If you're sick of sickness, change your habits. Well, Dusty's the only one amen me. If you're sick of sickness, begin to change your habits. Do something different. Amen? God is telling us this morning, use wisdom. You can have all this knowledge. You know, you know when it's wrong and you're getting that big old 18-inch piece of or a box of pizza by yourself. You know that's wrong. Can anybody say amen? amen. An 18-inch pizza is too much. There's too much of grease. There's too much bread. There's too much uh, goat meat on it and everything else. Yeah. Cheese. Oh, no, Bubba, cheese. Don't take cheese. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. He's got the best health care plan you'll ever receive in your life. And it's a health care plan where he's your physician that will tell you when you're wrong. Amen. Will we listen is the question. It's a benefit of God to have the knowledge that we have today. There's people living in a jungle somewhere down in South America that has no knowledge whatsoever, Ernie. They've never seen a medical doctor that's been through training in schools. They've never been told. They don't have a, a vitamin book that tells us what type of sunshine is. They don't know benefit we have today what are we going to do with it verse 3 I love bless the Lord oh my soul and all that's within me bless his holy name bless the Lord oh my soul forget not all of his benefits verse 3 who forgives all your iniquities and who forgives and who heals all your diseases says, amen. all of your diseases 
How many would like to have all your diseases wiped clean? A brand new clean slate right now, instantly, by God. That he will give you an absolute clean slate to start over right now, this very moment. If you bless the Lord and you're sick of sickness and you listen to what he's telling you today, I believe we'll have the benefit. I believe that he will forgive our iniquities. You know what iniquities are? Sin. When I wake up and eat two little Debbies like I did this morning, that's probably sin. Somebody say amen. I'm coming to preach on sickness of sickness, and I ate two little Debbies this morning with my cup of coffee. That's not very good as a Debo. I'm not leading by example, am I? I'm glad you don't have to look to me. You need to look to him. Amen. Who heals all your disease. Let's see you come. All kinds of stories. The New Testament, the Gospels, are full of stories where Jesus healed all kinds of people. A blind man, once he spit on mud, made mud, and put it on the guy's eyes, told him to go wash. When the guy washed it off, he could see. All kinds of stories. Jesus walking into the town one time, coming to a, to a, to a feast in, in John chapter 5. And he, as he's walking into town in Jerusalem and he's coming to, to celebrate, he goes in by a different gate. It's the a, it's a other gate. And as he comes through the sheep gate, when he comes through there, the sheep gate's where everything stinks, right? You know where they put people that uh, are sick, that are outcast from society? Put them by the sheep gate. Jesus comes walking in. Whenever he walks through, these people were all just had an ounce of hope that an angel every now and then would come down and stir water. Yeah. And when they'd see that water stirring, they'd think, oh, no, the angel just got in. And if it, the first person that gets in the water is going to get healed, and they would drag themselves and try to claw themselves along with just one ounce of hope that an angel would stir water that would heal them. Jesus comes walking through. Marky, you be my lame guy. Come here and lay down on the floor right here. Where Jesus comes over, the sick guy laying here, they lay him on a bed every day at this place. It's a place called Bethesda. John chapter 5. Jesus walks by, sees the guy laying there, and he said, why are you laying there? The guy looks up and says, where the angel stirs the water, nobody will put me in. He can't move. Somebody else gets in before me. Somebody else in front of me in line. They just bring me here and lay me down every day. Can you imagine the condition he was in? Laying on a mat. Nobody moving him around. Nobody taking care of him. I've witnessed this stuff. I've looked at old war documentaries and things. People got real sick, Ernie. They'd lay them on mats. They did it over in Philippines where my grandpa was in a prisoner of war when they got so sick they'd just lay them on a mat and the more they laid there the sicker they got because they would just mess all over nobody cleaned anything up they begin to vomit throw up all over the 
ground all the way around them and just lay in it. Anybody sick of sickness? Jesus asked the man, do you want to be get well? The guy said, nobody put me in the water. Debo walks by here every day and he'll never put me in the water. Who are we helping? What if we've got the knowledge and the wisdom out of the scripture that lets us know that God is a healer and we walk by sick people every day and we never help them? What if it's us? Jesus said, I'll tell you, get your mat, get up and walk. And he gets up, rolls up his mat, and takes off walking. John chapter 5, read it. He was sick of sickness to the point when Jesus told him to get up, he didn't say, I know, I'm just going to lay here. He actually got up. And when he got up, he went about telling everybody, man, I'm, I'm well. I've been laying there for years, and, and they keep bringing me in here. And, man, I, I know I look like a mess, and I, I know I shouldn't be doing all this, but I, I, Jesus healed me. Somebody healed me. He didn't even know who Jesus' name. Later on, the, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they got mad because the guy was carrying his mat. It's Sabbath. You're not even allowed to carry your bed. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? Somebody sick of sickness that gets healed, I'm telling you, they're going to be rejoicing. They're going to say, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me, bless His holy name. They're going to have a different uh, uh, way about them. They're not going to be downcast. They're not going to be distraught. They're not going to be like, oh man, I can't believe He healed me on a Sabbath. This was awful. You see what religion will do? It'll bind you where Jesus says, you're free. He was happy, sick of sickness. And that's what Bethesda is supposed to be. It's a place of healing. This place was set up to be a place of healing. People that are hurting all manner of disease. I don't know if you're, I don't know if it's addictions. I don't know if we, maybe you're like me, you eat too many little Debbies. I don't know. Maybe you eat the wrong foods, and today God is speaking, and it brings it brings on you. And I'm not condemning anybody. God would never condemn you. He just wants to bring conviction. There's a difference from conviction and condemnation. He's not condemning anybody. He's bringing conviction to bring change. Won't you stand? Everybody in this place, if you'll just bow your head and close your eyes. I just want to ask you first of all, is there anybody here to say, Pastor Ben, you talked about that God would forgive all my iniquity, all my sin. And today I can sense in this place and know in this place that I have some things that are they're contrary to Scripture. And I'm living a life that I shouldn't be living. I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing. And the conviction of God has told me today I need to change. And that he's willing to forgive my sin. Is there anybody here to raise your hand and say, Pastor Ben, that's me. I'm tired of living in sin. I want the freedom in Christ. Amen. Put your hands down. Now I want to ask a very simple question. The Bible says in Psalms 103, verse 3, that he would heal all manner of diseases. Is there anybody here today that will say, I need a healing from God?
Somebody in my family needs a healing from God, and I'm willing to, I'm willing to stand in today. I desire healing. Thank you. Put your hands down. I want everybody here to just repeat this prayer with me, if you will. Everybody say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you to forgive me of all my sin, all my wrongdoing, everything that is contrary to your word. Let me walk out of this place today with a new face on life. Lord, I could go where you send me and I would be a testimony of a changed life by the power of the cross. And Lord, I ask today for healing for myself, for everybody in this room, and all of their family. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe that prayer changes things. I trust God today. I pray you do as well. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Our prayer team will be up here if you need prayer, or special prayer for any special need. Be glad to pray with you. Go out today, love God, love people. And look for the healing nature of God in all of your life. Amen. You're dismissed.